Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, friends, we want to just take a look at another very interesting topic, and I'm sure you're going to be blessed by this. You know, if you see what is going on today about the issue of grace and, and I mean, so much division coming to the body of Christ and, you know, what we call grace movement, and you see all kinds of things going on and all kinds of teachings going on, and, uh, I mean, especially when it comes to the issue of the law and the New Testament, grace and the law. You know, all of those things. Uh, I just want to share something briefly with us um, and to ask this simple question. Did Abraham live under grace or under law? Was the grace, I mean, did Abraham in his lifetime live under grace or under law? What do we really call the law of Moses? The law of Moses actually speaks about a covenant God made with Israel. Remember that? So, when you talk about the word testament, you are talking about covenant. So when you say Old Testament, you are saying Old Covenant. So now there are two covenants. The Old Covenant and the New, Test- and the New Covenant. Right? Okay. So now, is Genesis part of the Old Covenant? I want to emphatically say the Genesis for part of the Old Covenant. And that may surprise you. Perhaps you're hearing it for the first time. Now, Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy are the five books written by Moses. But the law began with Exodus. So the Old Covenant is actually Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. Genesis is not included in the law. And that means Genesis ultimately is a sovereign work of God in creation. But in creation of man, the redemption of man, after the fall, all of those things are what is encompassing. I mean, he's describing the sovereign power of God, the grace of God, and all of those things which God intends to do with mankind. That is just what you find in the book of Genesis. It's not part of the law of Moses. Therefore, it's not part of the Old Testament. Can you get this? So Abraham lived in Genesis, so he couldn't have been under the law of Moses. Now, I'm saying this so that you understand something. That everything Abraham did, he did under grace. Because he lived under grace. He never lived under the law. Right? Now, remember, the law was given in Egypt. I mean, when they left Egypt in Mount Sinai. When the children of Peter left Egypt, that's when the law was given. You find that in Hebrews, for instance. If you look at Hebrews chapter 8, uh, just read from verse number 7. And it says, For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought. For the second. Now, know the word false covenant. Where did it begin? Not in Genesis. False covenant began in Exodus. Look at that. Verse number two. I mean, number eight. Exodus. I mean, uh, Hebrews eight, number eight. Because finally fought with them, he says, that's Israel. Behold, the days are coming, said the Lord, 
when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Get it right. The house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Praise God. Because they did not continue in my covenant and I disregarded them, says the Lord. Praise the Lord. When they came out of Egypt. Does that make sense? That's when the covenant was made. Now Abraham did not follow them out of Egypt. Hallelujah. And get this. He said he made a covenant with the house of Judah. So remember, the house of Judah and the house of Israel. Those are the two kingdoms. Is that okay? Right. Now, Judah is from where they have the Jews. Now, Abraham was not a Jew, but an Hebrew. You see that? Because Judah was like a great grandson of Abraham, from where the Jews came out. The third type of Israel at the end of the day. So Abraham was not a Jew, but a Hebrew. So he never lived under the Old Testament or the Old Covenant. Hallelujah. Now you move on. You see it again. In Galatians chapter 3, very interesting passage as well that we need to read here. Look at this. Galatians chapter 3, and then we we'll look at this. Uh, look at 16, 17. Now Abraham, and to Abraham and his seed, where the promise is made. He does not say unto seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed who is Christ. Can you get that? Now where was this covenant made? In the old, it's not what you call the Old Testament, but in the book of Genesis. Did you get that? So the book of Genesis is what describing Christ and that which is to come. Look at verse 17. This I say there, the law which was 430 years later cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ that he should make the promise of known effect. Praise God. Hallelujah. So Abraham never was involved in that fourth covenant which Israel had with God Amen, Sinai. Abraham was not involved in it. So Abraham was not an Old Testament covenant saint. Praise the Lord. Now, when God made this covenant with children of Israel, in the book of Exodus, chapter 19, there is this proclamation that he made, because it was a covenant made between God and the people, and they had to perform their own part of the covenant. And so, in Exodus 19, verse number 8, and this is what he says. Then are the people. Now, let's take verse 17. So Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before them all these words which the Lord commanded him. Then are the people answered the gate and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So Moses brought back the words of the people, told the Lord. Did you get that? Hallelujah. Meaning, they partook of the ceremony. They were involved in that covenant. Praise the Lord. But when you read in Exodus chapter 15, and uh, from verse 1 to 13, but I'm just going to take verse number 12 alone for us, you see that when God was making a covenant with Abraham, he never got Abraham involved in the covenant. 
And so when you look at it from verse number, uh, that's Genesis 15 now. If you look at verse 12 alone here. Now, when the sun was going down, it instantly fell upon Abram. And behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abram, No shorty that your descendant will be strangers in the land that is not yours. And will serve them, and will afflict them 400 years. Praise the Lord. So, you read through the whole passage, you'll be able to see, up to verse 15, 17, you'll be able to see how God made his covenant with Abraham. Now, Abraham was not involved in this covenant, unlike what happened to the children of Israel, because we read here, Abraham had a sleep fell upon him. He became inactive, he was not involved in the covenant. But the children of Israel were involved in the covenant that they made with God. Because they told God, everything you said we were going to do, we will do. Hallelujah. Now, again, let's look at the book of Hebrews chapter 6. And I'll show you something. 13 to 18. Look at this. Hebrews 6, 13 to 18. Praise the Lord. Alright. So, this is what we see here. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could not swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Saying, surely. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Saying, surely. Blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently enjoyed obtained the promise, for when men this were by greater, I mean, men in this were by the greater, and I hope for a confirmation is for them and end of all dispute. Thus God determined to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirming by an oath, that by two immutable things, in the which it is impossible God to lie, we might have strong consolation to have fled for refuge to lay hold of the whole set before us. Praise the living God. So now when God made a covenant with Abraham, he swore by himself. He never brought anybody into the covenant. It was the covenant he took upon himself and brought it forth by himself. All by himself. Abraham wasn't involved. Can you get that? Praise the Lord. Now, what do you find in the New Testament today, which we call the New Testament of grace? God took it upon himself because he knew man would fall, would fail in his path. I would call this the covenant of grace. He made a covenant by himself, sacrificed his son by himself, everything he did all by himself. And so we call it grace. So what happened to Abraham? He had his covenant under grace. He was not involved. Praise the living God. Are you seeing that? Okay. So now how will you call the covenant of Abraham had with God? It was a covenant of grace. Very simple. Now don't forget. The four book of Moses speaks of the law, not Genesis. Now, even his righteousness, that is the righteousness of Abraham, was imputed unto him. You remember that? Good. He did nothing to be righteous. Amen? He did nothing to be righteous. He simply believed God. The Bible says it was counted to him for what? Righteousness. He simply just believed what God said about the promises he made, and God said, you are a righteous man. He did nothing. Praise the living God. He did nothing, one bit, and I needed to get it right. Praise the Lord. Amen? Alright, so, look at it. 
Genesis, I mean Romans 14, I mean Romans chapter 4, let's look at verse number 1, 2, 3. When shall we say then, Abraham our fathers, as found according to the flesh? For Abraham was justified by works, he has nothing to boast about, but not before God. If Abraham was justified by works, he has not, something to boast about, rather, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him, or imputed to him for what? Righteousness. So, even his righteousness had nothing to do with performance. Did you get this? It was simply imputed to him. Praise the Lord. He did nothing to be righteous. Even so, God has so called us, and all we do today is to believe what God has said. And we are impacted with the righteousness of God. Nothing that we've done. It's not by the works we've done. We only need to come to believe what God has done in Christ, and we are counted to be what? Righteous people. And we call that grace. So what will you call what happened to Abraham? Just talk to me. He was simply imparted with the righteousness of God. And that was grace speaking. Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30, the Bible says, But of him ye are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. He became, that is to say, we made the righteousness of God in Christ. Praise the Lord. And we call that grace. So I'm asking you, what will you call what happened to Abraham? According to Romans chapter 4, it was not about what? Grace. That's what you call what happened. So if, if we are saints today to be called great saints, what will you call Abraham? What kind of saint was he? Was he a saint under the law, just like any other person? No. He was a saint, a great saint. He was a saint, but a under grace. Now, somebody asked a very good friend of mine, Abraham Chivikom, a question. When he made a comment on this particular passage, I mean topic when I posted it on Facebook. And the question was, was he found favor in God's sight according to the book of Exodus? So it's to indicate that it wasn't just Abraham alone that found grace, but then Abraham, I mean Moses was under the law. Now, in his own expected response, this is what he said, which is very, very vital to what I'm discussing, so I, feel I have to just quote him verbatim. In the case of Moses, God meant to say that he has found a friendly disposition with Moses. Thus, the favor was subjected. Being the reason, God granted his request. It was unlike the use of the Greek word, shadow, in greetings. Now, just like the apostles did in the beginning of most of the epistles by saying, Grace unto you, grace be with you, to express friendliness. It wasn't universal as with the case of all those we see in the book of Genesis, beginning from Adam, right up to the children of Israel. Even after God crossed Adam, your grace still sustained and kept him. Remember that? God covered his nakedness and increased his days without him asking. And that was grace, people. 
Adam find grace. Genesis. Even Cain lived under grace. For when God told him that he will become a fugitive and a vagabond, he said, Then anyone who meets me shall kill me. And God said, Anyone who touches Cain will be avenged sevenfold. And God set a mark upon Cain, so that whosoever meet him shall not kill him. And by so doing, God also was preventing anyone from suffering sevenfold for killing Cain. That was grace upon the people. So even Cain the murderer find grace. He was forgiven, if you will, at that point. Praise the living God. So grace in Genesis was universal, but subjective to Moses has a friendly disposition. As Moses will have still obtained the same after disobeying God by striking the rock, instead of speaking to it as God commanded him, and will not have died without seeing the promised land. This is a valid, valid contribution. You see, when Adam sinned, God seek closer. Now, what was the clothing, if you truly want to, want to take, take a diligent study of the word? That was Christ's covering. A man's nakedness and, and sinful nature. So grace was all through. In fact, scripture tells us that Abraham found grace in the sight of God. Hallelujah. I mean, Noah. Noah found grace in the sight of God. You understand that? It has nothing to do with what anybody did and the whole book of Genesis, everything God was doing was all by himself and he was imputing grace upon the people that lived at that time. And so, whatever therefore Abraham did, he did not have grace in the Old Testament, in the, I mean, in, in, in the book of Genesis, not the Old Testament now. What am I trying to say? So even if you're saying Titan, that Abraham paid tithe and you say he paid tithe under law. No, that is not true. Because Abraham paid tithe while he was under grace. So you see, tithing is actually under grace. If you must follow it by what Abraham did. Titan is a grace principle of giving. Period. For the Bible just told us there in Galatians 3... The law came 430 years after Abraham had gotten the promise of Christ. I needed to get this right. Praise the living God. So everything Abraham did was under grace. Praise God, praise God somebody. So what am I trying to make us understand? Friends, listen to this. When we're talking about grace and we're talking about law, grace is simply... You're not doing anything and God imputes love and righteousness upon you. And all of that you find in the book of Genesis. And I'm saying explicitly, the fact is that the whole book of Genesis was founded on grace. It was all grace principle. All through the principle, I mean all through the book. What you find is nothing but what grace. And so God was explaining what grace is going to be like in the book of Genesis unto mankind. We will find it in the New Testament. So I want to say this in conclusion. Abraham lived under grace. And everything which he practiced, he practiced under grace. So even his titan was under grace. Praise the living God. So I think this should end all of this debate as to whether tithe is under law. Tithe is not under the law. As a matter of fact, people quoting Malachi is simply 
I mean, they've taken it from the perspective of the rebuke that God gave to the children of Israel. But then, Titan has already been owned before the book of Malachi came into being. Hallelujah. All of those things in the book of Malachi, I mean, all of those things you study in the book of Exodus, uh, I mean, the book of Leviticus, the different type of Titan, whatever the case may be, mostly just broke down this simple principle to cover several areas among the children of Israel. That is not to say that original principle of tithing was under the law. No. Praise the living God. Are you still with me? So, I need to get this again. Abraham lived under grace. He never lived under the law. Why? Because Genesis is not part of the law. Genesis is not Old Testament. Why? Because the word Old Testament speaks of the Old Covenant. And the Old Covenant began in Exodus when God made his covenant with the house of Judah. And Abraham was not a Jew, but an Hebrew. Hallelujah. So everything that Abraham did, he did under grace. I hope this helps. So that your mind will not be moving to and fro, getting disconnected from the reality of scriptures and what God intends to do. As a matter of fact, if you truly want to study scriptures and know God's intent and purposes, what he intends the church to even to do, you go study the book of Genesis, especially chapter 1 and 2. In fact, if you want to lay doctrine for the church to follow and does not answer to the book of Genesis, Chapter 1 and 2, in particular chapter 1, especially verse 26 to 28, if your doctrine does not answer to those particular passages, it's not truly the doctrine of God, in quote. Why? Because God's intent is to get man into that position. And God has not changed his mind. The devil did not make God to change his mind. The fall of man did not make God to change his mind. As to what intends to do with mankind on the face of the earth. Are we still together? And that is why precisely he told us to pray for the kingdom to come upon this earth. You must understand that the ultimate purpose of God is that man may hurry the earth. So if your doctrine does not take you back there, there is something amiss in that which you teach in. There's something amiss in that which you believe in. What am I trying to say? If you want to find true mind or true, I mean the true mind of God, you go back to Genesis chapter one and chapter two and begin to follow on. In fact, the fall of man is not by accident, it's not such a thing that God was not aware of. Why? Because, you see, before the fall of man, the Bible tells us, God already slain the lamb. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. What is that supposed to mean? That means God made a provision for the fall, even before man fell. So it was not by accident that man fell, or neither was it, I mean, God taken on a way that he never knew what was going to happen. He was very much aware of what happened, what was going to happen. He made a provision before ever. It did happen. Hallelujah. Are you getting this? Okay. Praise the Lord. So again, Abraham was a saint and we called him a great saint. Not a saint under the law. Neither was he a saint under the old covenant. He was not an old covenant saint. He was a great saint. Praise God.
Thank you for listening to Dr. David Obaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidobaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.